live from the Nickscast Phanthropological Institute. We combine the Nick of Courage, the Nick of Power, and the Nick of Wisdom in the Nick of Time. Today we're talking about Zelda fans. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Phanthropological. My name is Nick G, and today we're going to be talking about fans of the uh, very long-running Nintendo series, The Legend of Zelda. And here with me to do that are my two best friends, Nick T. Uh, I'm wielding the Master Sword of... Ah, uh, crap, I don't know why I don't prepare for this. <laughs> it is a wonder, isn't it? And Nick Z? All i got to say is... Hululimpa! I saw that. Oh, I saw that earlier. Tucked <laughs> off in the corner there, you know? Always watching. Not at all creepy, I swear. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also joining us today, the managing editor of Zelda Dungeon, Andy. Andy, thank you for joining us. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, Yeah. it's our pleasure. I'm going to get us right into the the core of this. I'm going to dive right in. Mm -hmm. Start us off with some fandom facts. Fandom facts. As G had mentioned, we are talking about Zelda. Uh, If you didn't know what The Legend of Zelda is, here's a really quick synopsis. Uh, It is a high fantasy action-adventure video game series created by video game designers Shigeru Miyamoto, Takashi Tezuka. The first game in the series was released in 1986 and has since expanded to include over 19 entries on uh, the various major game consoles. The series centers on characters Link, the chief protagonist. He is often given the task of rescuing Princess Zelda in the Kingdom of Hyrule from Ganon, who is the principal antagonist of the series. However, other settings and antagonists have appeared in several titles. Um, the game's plots commonly involve a relic known as the Triforce, a set of three omnipotent golden triangles. Didn't realize they were omnipotent until I read <laughs> that now. The game series franchise has sold over 80 million copies as of 2017. Not bad. Yeah, that's that's not too shabby. Mm-hmm. We did an episode on Mega Man a few weeks back. I don't remember what the numbers were, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't 80 million. No, Mega Man's more of a love Mega Man, but that's more of a cult thing. It, he used to, he had his glorious days back in the Nintendo days, and then <laughs> I think this Zelda thing is going to take off. <laughs> Sounds like they're doing pretty well. It's got legs. Yeah, we hope so. Every time we talk about a fandom, I try to dig up some information on you know how popular is it relative to when it started just how is it doing over time uh usually using google trends data by search traffic this was a surprise to me zelda is actually less popular now than it was in 2004 mm. yeah it's about half as popular but 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 mm. there was a huge spike in interest around march of 2017 oh when a certain game came out namely uh, the release of breath of the wild um mm-hmm. there have also been spikes in 2006 uh with the release of twilight princess 2009 with the release of spirit tracks in 2011 with the release of skyward sword i found some interesting demographics about the fandom which Ooh. coincidentally come from zelda informer mm-hmm. what a great site <laughs> helpful well written fantastic resource for this episode <laughs> wow there was a survey conducted in 2015 that only has a little bit of demographic data like gender and age uh surprising to me was that most of the respondents uh, about 75 percent were under the age of 24 the largest group was 18 to 24, which was almost half of the people who responded. In terms of gender, it was like uh, 75 male, 24 female, 
uh, the rest as other didn't prefer to answer. A question for everybody on the podcast. What do you think the most played Zelda game is? Ooh. Most played? Either Ocarina of Time or Twilight Princess. Okay. What if you had to pick one of them? <laughs> Ocarina of Time. Okay. Uh, no, you know what? I'm going to change that to Twilight Princess. Okay. Uh, G or Z? I'll rush in and say Ocarina of Time because that's what I was going to say originally. <laughs> okay. Um, I will say A Link to the Past. All right. Z, you're wrong. I'm just going to say <laughs> uh andy surprise twist uh is is right but you were uh, both g and andy were close uh twilight princess 93 percent of the people who responded wow. had played twilight princess 92 wow. percent had played ocarina of time and 87 percent had played majora's mask oh man i should have gone with that there you go that's not like super surprising because twilight princess is on the wii and the wii did like big 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 numbers and it was yes. on the gamecube too actually so yeah. So in that same survey, yeah. uh, most owned console was the Wii. Ninety-one percent of people had owned a Wii at one point in time. <laughs> Makes sense. Surprise to me, the the worst Zelda game, the Tingle's Balloon Trip of Love. Whoever tells you that is a liar. That's a fine game. <laughs> Just saying. I think Z is the only one among us who's actually played that. I've uh, I've played Rosie Rupee Land, but I didn't. I've never played the sequel because I can't read japanese unfortunately oh yet mm-hmm. okay that's that's my bad i no. thought you'd play both of them you know i thought you were a zelda fan that's why we're doing this episode <laughs> i've never played it but it just looks so ridiculous we played at the zelda dungeon marathon and it is it looks ridiculous, ridiculous. in a good way it, yeah it's zelda's <laughs> dr robotnik's mean bean machine yeah pretty much i think it's a little, little more interesting than that but uh sure one other interesting thing that I found, which was mostly interesting because it was so divisive, one of the questions asked was, should future games include a gender option for Link? 27% said yes, 33% were indifferent, and 40% said no. Mm, interesting. There was some contention there. Well, I mean, it could be, you could be like, no, we don't want a female Link, but like, what about the option to play as Zelda, or does that ruin the story? That That was probably the biggest, one of the biggest points that we covered pre-Breath of the Wild coming out was, you know, would there be this option to select Link's gender? Fans are hugely, hugely divided over that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next game is going to happen. I don't think so. <laughs> we'll see who's right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, kind of happened in uh, in Hyrule Warriors with Linkle. That's true. Kind of, sort of. Yeah, she's just, a, she's a completely different, different Linkle, though. She Fiona to Link's Finn. <laughs> okay i did manage to find some interesting fanfic related stuff archive of our own has over four thousand fanfics related to the legend of zelda some interesting data about those fanfics the uh largest franchise represented was breath of the wild with about 1200 fanfics wow the top three characters represented were link zelda and ganondorf not a super surprise there (laughs) top three relationships Link Zelda, uh, 787. Link Prince Sidon. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) 465. Uh, And Link Sheik, 235. Sidon. You you can do it, I believe in you. Let's get Uh, to number one. Those were the facts that I managed to gather for this week there'll be a couple more included in the show notes but uh 
I feel like I want to keep things rolling along and uh, possibly get into way too much specific conversation talking about last week's famous last words. That's how we do it. So as we mentioned before the show started, Andy, famous last words is where we made a statement last week and we follow up on it. Either it's a question or something that was said. Z, your famous last words were, what is the oldest fan-made timeline? Uh, there was a lot of timeline questions here, but that was <laughs> that was Z's. Yep. Well, my answer could vary from vague to sort of specific. But the general gist is I was fairly shocked by how much all of the timelines I encountered and like the history of the timeline articles on various Zeldapedias and Zelda wikias and encyclopedia gamias and whatnot really revolved around the little little tidbits from game manuals and interviews about games. It seems like a lot of the timelines aren't necessarily built around like fans playing the games and thinking, you know, wouldn't it be cool? Or like, doesn't it make sense? I mean, this is an official thing, but like, Ocarina of Time happens before Link to the Past. Like, isn't Ocarina of Time just that whole opening cutscene and everything? It wasn't so much fans making connections just out of nothing but interest or connections that they saw, as it was fans like remembering this bit of this interview or this bit of that game manual and making those connections that way. And I think part of the reason why um, I wasn't expecting that was because I didn't consider that... Uh, the, the Zelda timeline is, is like very much tied up with canon and canonicity and whatnot and how things fit together that way. Anyway, directly answering my question, um, the oldest fan timeline that I was able to, to come across was uh, Lankun's Theory on the Zelda Timeline, a video on YouTube from 2008 posted on January 13th, with 36,967 views. And in that video, in the introduction, he calls out the Angry Video Game Nerds video about, I'm going to guess, Zelda 2, where there must have been a part of that video where he was like trying to hammer out Zelda timeline for himself. Drew inspiration from that, and he drew inspiration from a Game Trailers video about the timeline as well. So there are, there, there are timeline theories that predate this one, but as far as the earliest one on the internet that I was able to find that was, like, made by an individual fan, I guess, it was that. Although, in theory, I have no evidence for it, but I would speculate that the earliest fan timeline was created sometime around 1991, um, once fans had three games to try to figure out how they fit together. Because Zelda 1 and Zelda 2, it's very simple, you know? The manuals pretty much just spell it out. Mm-hmm. But then you get a link to the past, and it's kind of unclear. You know, do these games fit together somehow? If they do, how do they fit together? It wouldn't be until the release of the Hyrule Historia. Let me just <laughs> conveniently uh, Hyrule Historia. Uh. Am I the only one in this chat that does not own a copy of the Hyrule Historia? <laughs> I think you must be. Page sixty-nine. Sixty-nine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, until the official it's definitely not on my floor. release of that. <laughs> yeah, people were probably making timelines in hot anticipation. I remember being on GameFacts.com mm-hmm. back in like the early 2000s when they were doing those character contests. I don't know if you guys ever went to that site. Yeah. Oh yeah. But uh, but there was tons of uh, of 
like forums that had timeline discussions there because that was that was just before Wind Waker came out, but after Ocarina and Majora's Mask, and that's when the conversation was really starting to ramp up mm-hmm. because people had pieced together that Ocarina of Time was actually the prelude to A Link to the Past, what they mentioned yeah. very briefly in the intro to that game. So I remember uh, I remember lots of discussions like that, and I uh, it's it's definitely grown and spiraled since then. That's if the if the gender thing was probably the the most contentious topic pre Breath of the Wild. The timeline thing has definitely been the most post Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, I'm very happy to hear that because originally it sounded like I was asking almost entirely the same question as you, mm-hmm. but my answer differs a little bit. So so that's good to hear. What was the question, though? Well, uh, gee, you're asking when did people start caring about what the Zelda timeline was? Right. And he's already an- answered that a little bit, which um, goes with what I found here. Talking about Wind Waker, mm-hmm. uh, in an interview with GamePro in December 2002, I'm trying to explain where Wind Waker fit into the overall Zelda timeline. E.G. Aonoma and Shigeru Miyamoto mentioned that Ocarina of Time actually had two endings, so it talked about the, the split timeline, so... Because it was something they were thinking about, I assume that it meant that fans were asking about it or thinking about it as well. But Z, as you said, once we had they had three games to try and figure yeah. it out, I learned, even though I owned the game and had the box, I didn't realize that back in Link to the Past, it, it specifically says that this is Link and Zelda are ancestors of the ones from the yeah. NES version. So there's always those connections being made, but it was never like Nintendo didn't come down from on high and say Zelda 1, Zelda 2, Zelda 3. Mm-hmm. There wasn't that numbering to make it really crystal clear. Yeah. What I thought was interesting is, first of all, I, the first search I did was Zelda timeline timeline, <laughs> which unfortunately did not turn up that much. Uh, <laughs> but most of the hits on YouTube were like, why the Zelda timeline is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as you say, it's very contentious. I, I mean, to be to be fair, the Zelda timeline is like, kind of convoluted there's that whole third branch where yeah where link dies and like i don't remember dying in no period of time <laughs> i don't know why that exists so yeah yeah if anyone from zelda dungeon is listening to this they're probably gonna shoot me when i get back but i wish that like they would just scrap that whole at least that part of the timeline because it doesn't make sense what if you lost and then never played the game again <laughs> is that the timeline they're talking about like maybe i, I guess I don't want to play in like a, a timeline where I lost though because someone can't finish that game. That's an easy boss fight. Like, come on. <laughs> if you can't beat that, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it seems it seems kind of weird that that in one situation, it's it's where the the hero lost, but that is not accounted mm-hmm. for in any other game. Yeah, it's it's odd for sure. I mean, I I guess the, like just to jump in, kind of play nintendo's advocate for a second yeah sure. i think the idea is that when you're when you're fighting ganon at the at the end of the game and there's that part where the master sword gets knocked away and you you know you fight again a little bit without the master sword and then the circle of fire that you're in dies down and you can run and grab it i guess the idea is that link would die if he didn't grab the sword in time so it's like kind of implied I, I guess, or he, uh, maybe like maybe Link yeah. doesn't wake up or something when he's when he's sealed away. Maybe yeah. Ganon just finishes him off. I'm, yeah, I'm not really sure. Looking forward to Hyrule Historia too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> sure, Breath of the Wild isn't that baby? It's where all three come together. Oh boy. Yeah. 
there's a video actually that we posted about a year ago and it was titled uh is breath of the wild the dragon break yeah. and dragon break is a term from elder scrolls that um and this is going to be like the least technical explanation of this you've ever heard but i think generally what it means is like it's a way to converge all these different timelines that can because in elder scrolls obviously you can create your own endings and whatnot but they want to have some form of canon to carry over from game to game so it was a way to to basically solve both of those problems so hmm. yeah we did that a year ago and it was it was very interesting um guys should take a take a quick listen to that if you're if you're interested in timelines i am very interested now <laughs> He'll probably explain what a dragon break is like a thousand times better than that too. For all of you people who are just like, what <laughs> it's a really good video. I, I saw it a little while ago in the uh, the ramp up to Breath of the Wild. All right, uh, my famous last words were not super interesting by comparison. I was just wondering, is there a band that only has instruments from the Zelda games? Yeah. My search for Zelda instruments band uh, was <laughs> also not super helpful. <laughs> I found out that there are indeed many bands that play Zelda music and there are many symphonies and whatnot that do that. But I couldn't find anybody who's doing like the Indiegogos, mm. nothing like that. So I uh, wasn't very successful. No day. I mean, I'm sure you can find, I think I said this last week, people playing with like, you know, an ocarina like wind instrument drums and like guitar or whatever, but maybe not the actual Zelda. <laughs> like it'll be, it'll be coincidental rather than, yeah than intentionally invoking Zelda. Yeah. That would be pretty awesome, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, no luck for me. It does leave a taste in my mouth wondering why there isn't anything like that. But then also, why are people fans of Zelda? Why? I'm, I'm a fan. Z's a fan. G, I think, is somewhat a fan, even though he's only finished one of the Zelda games. <laughs> what? That's right. Throwing G under the bus immediately. Someone, someone's got to get under the bus. <laughs> That's fine. Yep. Oof. But why is it that people are fans of Zelda, especially Ocarina of Time? I would, I would say. All right. So I'm going to tell you why I'm a fan of Ocarina of Time, and why, which is why I assume that most other people are fans too. So the first time that I played Ocarina of Time, I was about uh, ten years old, and um, before I played Ocarina of Time. When I sat down to play video games, I played Super Mario 64, played Super Mario World. I even played a Sonic game once or twice, but I didn't really <laughs> like them. So when I sat down to play these games, I was just like, you know what? This video game is really fun. It's a, it's a neat way to spend two hours, three hours before I go do something else or whatever. And when I played Ocarina of Time, everything changed. So I, I sat down and I was just like, I was playing this game and um, and I was just like, like this wow this is incredible this adventure is like is so unreal like i feel like i'm just in this completely different world like the sun is setting the sun is rising yeah there's so many like cool different characters and uh i got to the end of the game and i was like well you know what that was a really great game what a great experience and uh and then ganondorf broke into the temple of time and i realized that i was not at the end of the game at all and there was still so much left and so i was just like I was like, oh, wow. And so I got to be an adult. And then I, I will never forget um, walking into the forest temple for the first time. And like uh, when that when that like music hits you and it's like the rising synth and the drums and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like I it, I was almost it felt like I was watching someone else play because I was like 10 years old. And I was just like completely in it. Right. Like I was just like, I was like, wow, this is like incredible. And like I really felt like Link in this world. And it was just like a level of connection that it just like I, I never had with the game before so like 
pre-Ocarina time, uh, video games are something fun that I did to pass, you know, a couple hours. But after that, it was like, it was like, I loved video games. Like I loved the art of them. I loved the music. I loved the design. Um, and I mean, people love Ocarina of Time too, because that game is just a, a, a masterpiece in terms of design. You know, it's got like iconic music. It's got iconic dungeons. It's got, uh, it's got like really honestly everything you could ask for in a video game. Like it doesn't, it doesn't get much better than that. Like so many things that that game did are just like, like industry standards overnight. So yeah, that's, it's, uh, it's just so excellently executed that it's hard not to be a fan of that game. And, uh, I mean, without sounding like like huge zelda fanboy like every zelda game is just has like that pedigree to it where like you know when you're buying a zelda game that like you're gonna get at least a really good experience if not a fantastic experience so that would be my that would be my answer that's why i love it i still love it i play it probably once a year at least so ocarina of time specifically yeah wow yep ocarina of time. I, I try and play let's say like three three-ish Zelda games a year or something like that but Ocarina of Time I always play that's probably the game I would recommend that mm-hmm. like anyone new to the series plays as well so it not only like made you aware and you had an appreciation of the Zelda series it, it made you like more more aware of like video games as a whole yeah I think that's probably fair to say I wanted to have that experience again that I had when I was playing Ocarina of Time of just like like this is so surreal and incredible and so like I would play games to get that experience again, and and some games I would definitely have that experience and uh, and think like, wow, this is fantastic too. And it, but it all just goes back to Ocarina of Time. Like, I always had fun playing Donkey Kong Country or whatever, but it was never on that level. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's probably fair to say. Wow. It's interesting because uh, it wasn't until I watched a video um, sequelitis talking about the difference between Link to the Past and ocarina of time how much like ocarina of time catapulted things forward but also like created some of its own interesting problems that have been carried <laughs> over into many of the newer zelda games yeah it's just like oh it wasn't it wasn't that fast and it's like actually it was really fast to do all these things ocarina of time was almost so good that, that i mean it took a long time for the series to deviate from that formula uh really until until breath of the wild honestly yeah wow you know, that's what you get when you make a game that that's that good. Yeah, they just kept refining it. Yeah, pretty much. You said it kind of like, once Ocarina of Time was a smash, it's like, we'll kind of stick to what made Ocarina of Time great. Um, do you think that that familiarity has uh, helped in drawing people in? I think so. Like, once you play Ocarina of Time, it's definitely, like, once you're familiar with that, it's easier to jump into the newer Zeldas, for sure. So, uh, yeah, I, I guess so. I think... I think like one of the one of the Zelda series like biggest strengths is that they're so accessible. Like you can pick up a controller and like it's it's pretty it's pretty easy to play. I'd say like the hardest one to probably get into would be Majora's Mask, but um, but yeah, I, I would agree with that. It's interesting too because we talked about a bunch of different game series and how they kind of preserve different elements as the story goes on. Like we talked about Mega Man, and it's like for the first like nine or whatever games, it's like same formula but it's like very much a formula we've added new mechanics or new enemies but like pretty much the same Mm -hmm. formula zelda has done this interesting it's the same kind of formula but it's not always the same game there's always link ganon and princess zelda but then how those three characters interact and what the world is like is different it's been a while since i played twilight princess but 
that to me seems like one that took a departure that hasn't been taken in a little while. I haven't played a Breath of the Wild very much though. Breath of the Wild is definitely a, like a massive departure um, for Zelda. It's it's more in line with what you'd probably see in Skyrim mm-hmm. than Ocarina of Time. Yeah, Twilight Princess was a stylistic departure, but I mean you still have the sort of tried and true Ocarina formula in there. You know, three dungeons, the world changes. And then a, a few more dungeons, and then the end. Yeah, and the part where you have to collect all the rupees so that you can power your armor. Yep, that too. <laughs> Just looking at it. Still better than the Triforce quest from the Wind Waker. I mean, Zelda's all... Okay, here's here's why I'm a fan of Zelda, Zelda games. All right. I really enjoy the exploration element in them. So uh, particularly with the Wind Waker, you know, it's exploration in this world that's covered in water. So obviously you got to go by boat unless you're doing one of those bomb bomb jumps or bomb skips or one of those crazy glitches. Anyway, it's called wave dashing, wave dashing. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Anyway, but you're like exploring this huge world by boat. And I can understand how that could be frustrating because it's it's fairly slow. But like, I still really remember enjoying that original GameCube Triforce hunt because it really, it sort of forced you, which I can understand not, maybe not a lot of people would be into, but it, it really forced you to explore that world in a way that was maybe a little bit more careful than you might like, given how fast the boat went. But I'll defend it. I'll say, I'll say I enjoyed that more than the, the watered down one in the HD release. Whoa. Did they water it down a second time in the HD release? They just made it a lot simpler. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to get the maps and then the pieces. They did it in such a way that you just get the pieces, I think. Um, so, Z. Yep. I, I do have the HD release of Wind Waker, having having mm-hmm. never uh, played the original. But if you think I should, I'll just throw it in the garbage right now. No, no. I can do Keep that the- if, if that is your advice, which I assume it is. <laughs> you wouldn't be the first to say that, like... Honestly, we we just did like a big uh, best Zelda ever list, and like a yeah. lot of people were like, "Well, like I really love Wind Waker HD, but like I don't like Wind Waker uh, the first one just due to it at the sailing and stuff." So we kind of had to to average that out. So I I own Wind Waker HD, but I still just play my GameCube version. So yeah. I don't think sailing was that bad. It was just the actual like collecting and paying tingle for those Triforce pieces that I didn't like. Yeah. It's interesting because. People are like, Breath of the Wild, it's amazing. You can go and explore everything. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, people like exploration. But a decade earlier with Wind Waker, they're like, ocean, islands everywhere, like <laughs> places to be explored. It's like, I don't want any of that. <laughs> the the tough part is is that you can't get out of your boat, though, yeah. and, and go run to, to a place. You always have to change the wind direction. Yeah. So I, I can get that a little bit. Yeah, plus... In Breath of the Wild, you also have potentially over uh, 120 different warp points once you've pretty much finished the game, so it's a lot easier to get around. Okay, yep, that's a lot. Yeah. That's good. I was going to say, I remember when Wind Waker came out, and people were, like, aghast when the, when the an- <laughs> just when the animation style yeah, debuted, yep. and people, because people already got thought of Nintendo as, like, like a bit kitty compared to... PlayStation, Xbox. Oh, yeah. I, I used to yeah. see that word on Game Facts all the time. <laughs> Nintendo was so kiddy. Yeah, and I'm like, and I was always I, the worst. This is a this is like a, a room of Nintendo kids here, right? I don't think uh, when Square jumped over to PlayStation, so did I. But I, I always had the Nintendo systems. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, yeah. But I remember people being like, this, this is no, where's Ocarina of Time? But like, it's still in your 64, go play it. <laughs> I, I really like that art style, but like, it does seem weird that they chose to go with that particular art style in a time when they were like really yeah. trying to battle Microsoft and, and I don't know. I, I just, I think they overestimated how well that would go over in North mm. America. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the the footage from Space World, I want to say 2000, of like a fairly realistic or at least more like grim kind of style Lincoln Gannon fighting mm-hmm. is definitely to blame oh, for, for the right. backlash because people saw yeah. that. Yeah. And then they expected a yeah. whole game built around that. And it just never came. Yeah. Then on the flip side of that, you got Twilight Princess, which I kind of—I'm not really a fan of that aesthetic of that game. Actually, I think it's a little bit too, too like bleak. Okay. I guess it's—it's it's okay. It feels kind of empty to me, specifically from an explorer's perspective. Yeah, well, I, everything is like the aesthetic of the game. It just feels dark. Yeah, like it, and not and not dark in like the figurative sense, but like in a literal sense. Like everything just looks dark. Like it seems like there should be more color. Yeah. So I'm actually I'm actually a big fan of Skyward Sword and the art direction that they use for that. Okay. Well, I I don't want to be super mad. I just didn't like <laughs> Skyward Sword as a as a game. The art was nice. Yeah. You know what? I if it wasn't for Ocarina of Time, Skyward Sword would be my favorite Zelda game. Oh wow! I'm throwing it out there. Oh man. That's fair. I, I like it when people are honest on the show. It's it's good. <laughs> so that afterwards we know how to skewer people. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's fine. That's right. It's interesting that like Skyward Sword is a really good example of them like, let's try something different. Let's uh let's go full in on motion controls. Let's see how the fans react to that. And right. they they tried that. The switch went in a different direction, so they didn't really need to carry that forward as much. Yeah. But like it, it changes how the game works. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think Skyward Sword is just doomed after the infamous E3 tech demo. I mean, that was just such a bad first impression to give everyone that I think it just it put the idea in everyone's heads that these controls weren't going to work anyway. So, like, mm-hmm. the slightest problem was just, you know, made 10 times worse just upon that spotlight being on them already. So I think it gets a bad rap, but I can, I can definitely understand where people are coming from when they say, like, I don't like Skyward Sword. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah. I don't know if I'd say it's my second, but it's definitely my top three. Fair. That's fair. I think what it was for me was just that it felt like, in many ways, it had leaned too heavily on the f- the formula from previous games. I, yeah, I think that's fair, too. A little. Yeah. Yeah. I'm more of like, I just, I really like the story and the narrative of it. I'm, I'm like a big RPG guy, so like anything that has like an awesome story, like I'm, I'm down. Yes. That's probably my least favorite thing about Breath of the Wild, actually. So that's why I like Skyrim so much. Right, because Breath of the Wild is more Skyrim-esque, and then the problem with Skyrim is, like, I can go anywhere. It's like, right, but what about the plot? And you're like, yeah. forget the plot. Yeah, <laughs> forget well, that. Even Skyrim has a better plot than Breath of the Wild, <laughs> I mean, to be honest. Well, <clears throat> as somebody who hasn't played Skyrim, um, my understanding of Skyrim's plot is that you can go off in whatever direction you want. You can go, like, as far away from the plot as you want, but it's always there to come back to, and it's, like, an actual more or less straight line right pretty much yeah you could probably blitz skyrim's plot like pretty quickly um mm-hmm. 20 hours or so maybe okay and then it's it's all the side quests and like there's a complete like side right. missions and stuff that you can just entirely skip if you don't want to partake in them or whatever that really make up the meat of that game yeah whereas breath of the wild the plot is kind of like almost to build your own plot in a sense or like more more like you know they built up a plot a tower of plot out of 
plot blocks and then knocked it all over the floor and said, hey, if you want this plot, go get the blocks. That's like a wicked analogy for it, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Because like you're, you're given these little pieces of it here and there, but you can get them in any order you want. You have to go look for it. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. Sorry, I was thinking about all the things to collect in Zelda. I was like, is that a reason why people like playing Zelda? Because it's not a reason why I love it. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, some collectors, I mean, that might be their thing. That's not really my thing, but... If people want 100% it. That was actually one of the questions on the survey. I don't remember the results offhand, but uh, it, there were a lot less people interested in 100%ing the various games than... Um, than actually just playing them or beating them. Other surprises to me, people did not like Link's Awakening. You know what? That's uh, going back to this list that we just did. It, it was very like very hit or miss for our staff because our staff are anywhere from like I don't know eighteen to maybe thirty ish. So I think the older gamers like had it had it really high, and then the younger ones are just kind of like, eh, like this is this is okay, but a link between worlds is way better, you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But I, I really like Link's Awakening. That's one of my favorites. You can jump in. <laughs> <laughs> it's evolution. Exactly. If I recall, he didn't have a very reasonable jump. It was like, did like a bunch of flips <laughs> or something like that, but still. Yeah. You get the Pegasus boots and then get the, the Brock's feather and then you can jump far. Yeah. Or if you also had the chicken, then you could huh. do that. Great job making me feel old there, Andy. I, don't, I, don't, I know you didn't mean to, but... <laughs> What can I say? I'm sorry. No, it's those are the facts. Three one. So are the rest of them. <laughs> the only one I ever beat and played right through was Link to the Past. And it was like it was always a game I really enjoyed. It was a game I knew well. Yeah. Like, I had like that in Super Mario World to start off, I think, and I, I played the heck out of those. But that reminds me of, of something that you said, Andy. You said you're a big RPG fan. Mm-hmm. The rest of us are all RPG fans. Mm-hmm. And I read that this was like like delivery, like kind of halfway between a, a casual platformer and like a, a proper RPG, mm. because it combines elements of both. It's not just a platformer because there's a, there's a narrative to it. Mm-hmm. I would say that's fair. Yeah, and that was initially why I stopped with Zelda because it wasn't far enough of an RPG for me. Mm. <laughs> it was just just prior to a point in my life where I just played like JRPGs. I think we all <laughs> had that phase. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I got actually like really excited when uh, when they got the Xenoblade here in, in Breath of the Wild. I thought that was really cool. And then they said that Cosmos was coming to Xenoblade, and I was like, great. <laughs> All right, I'm going to take the conversation in a completely different tack. Sure. Okay. Something that we don't often talk about is actually like what makes each different fandom unique. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes the answer is obvious. The best example I can think of is when we're talking about Super Hulak. Namely, that like nobody does as many gifts or fix or anything as they do because that that isn't a real thing. Yeah, like that's not a real show. Mm-hmm. Open question, everybody. What do you think is unique to Zelda fans mm. and to Zelda fandom? Arguing about the timeline for sure. God, that's <laughs> unique. It's like an essential activity. Yeah. Like you can't be a, a real fan. It's like a beautiful like like jewel right in the center of everything that everyone can see yeah. <laughs> and so you could constantly have arguments about it mm-hmm. um i mean there's a lot of like great creators in the zelda community but i i think that almost every community has like those really those really awesome cosplayers or like uh, people that can make yeah. really awesome music and arrangements um 
definitely there's and i'm sure that this is for other fandoms too but just i like people are hardcore about zelda lore and like where that lore fits into the timeline so i guess it would be the timeline is like the big thing for zelda like i'm i'm kind of more of like a of like a zelda as it pertains to the real world kind of guy like i think that's a little bit more interesting to me than the timeline and stuff like that but people love talking about it debating it debating again so that would be my answer when you say zelda as it pertains to the real world what do you mean I'm a fan of, let, let's say in a couple of years, I'll look back at Breath of the Wild and I won't really look at the lore and stuff in, the, in this game, but I'll look at Breath of the Wild as it was a symbol of Nintendo kind of reestablishing itself into the console market and wow. how Breath of the Wild kind of had like literally the weight of the world on its shoulders in terms of it had to succeed or it very well could have been Nintendo's uh, curtain call there. So, or, or just like, like the backlash around Wind Waker, I find that really interesting. Or like how Ocarina created all these these timelines because they decided to split the game into three. Like those are the things that really interest me about Zelda. So like as they pertain to like the the real world kind of thing, I guess is the best way I'd put it. It's like Zelda's like real life mythology, basically. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Like it's it's history and what, what it, it meant. Yeah, what it meant to that like certain uh, point in time, or or what it meant to the fans, or what it meant to that series, or or whatever going forward, or like what what footprints the game left in the gaming industry. Mm. Well, we mentioned like, like Breath of the Wild being like all the eggs are in this basket. It really, mm-hmm. really was like, here's a new console. Here's, here's the Zelda game. <laughs> I mean, Breath of the Wild, it had to succeed. If Breath of the Wild wasn't amazing, people might have not hopped on the Switch as they did. And then you wouldn't have yeah. the momentum going forward to Splatoon. Then you wouldn't have that momentum going forward to Mario. And like, uh, it could have it could have looked very different, or if they had have just stuck to their guns and released Zelda on the Wii or on the Wii U rather, to see like where that would have ended up and what a disaster that would have been. Like it's it's interesting. Hypothetical as like a, a Zeldaologist, like a very very important informed person in Zelda world, video game world. If you'd gotten to play uh, Breath of the Wild before its release, would you have predicted that it had the success that it had? Yeah, I, I I would have predicted it would have been successful, but I think that the Switch definitely helped its success. I think the, the allure of being able to play portably added to the game's success as well as the overall like, quality of the game. But I mean, definitely, like if you have good software, it's it's generally going to gonna sell, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, there have to be the right circumstances for it to sell as well. So being on the Wii U wouldn't have been the right circumstances for anything to sell. So I'm, I'm glad that they kind of rectified that and realized that they should put it on the Switch. Their identity kind of works in concert now, right? Because, like, I assume most people, first time playing a Switch, is playing Zelda. Yep. So, like, all of the innovations that came with the Switch are going to be attached to Zelda and vice versa. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. Although, there's, I remember I was, like, getting my Switch and I was lining up on the day that it was released and there was some guy buying Bomberman. <laughs> like, just he Bomberman? He wasn't even buying a Switch either. He was just buying Bomberman. He's like, oh yeah, I'm getting my Switch at Best Buy later. I was like, wait, like the Bomberman with like the weirdly erotic characters? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> or like sexualized is maybe the word? I don't know. Mm-hmm. The problem with getting video game news through headlines is you get really skewed views of <laughs> the video games that you're reading about. Yeah, maybe that's why I bought it. I don't know. <laughs> What 
Was that the cat? You just yeah, threw it over the... I'm really sorry. My cat, uh, she's named after Legends of the series, actually. Her name is Zora. She's, uh, she's very rambunctious. Nice. Oh, nice. Like Princess yeah. Zora? Zora? Zora the Species. Like Sidon, actually. Yeah. I was actually thinking of Bruto. That's what yeah, I yeah. should have said. But like, yeah, Zora, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> the times, man. <laughs> well, like, I don't know. She was kind of rambunctious. True. Which times? Yeah, also that. She's kind of like my cat. She's bossy and she's rambunctious and she's a little bit of an a-hole sometimes. <laughs> Sorry if I'm a little bit non-responsive. I'm watching my CPU cat on fire. <laughs> no worries. But uh, you, it sounded like you were going to ask a question. So. Um, actually, I was just going to uh, throw in my answer for the uh, what makes Zelda unique. Okay, yeah, yeah. We've already mentioned the timeline and, you know, that is definitely a unique element and theorizing in general isn't really all that unique to zelda there are other fandoms where you know theories abound stuff like lost fandom probably full of theories twin peaks fandom full of theories but i feel like with zelda fandom in particular the theories aren't just like you know what if this this and this then this there seems to be more of a storytelling element to the theories i remember recently um, during the research actually coming across this article that took a look at the stone tower temple dungeon in majora's mask and you know like the construction of it the way that it's put together um the way that when you flip it with the light arrows um certain parts of it look like certain things like the first room looks like it's got a statue of majora's mask in it but the mask is broken on the bottom and like the person writing this article writing this theory came up with this huge story about how you know the people um, who built Stone Tower Temple initially wanted to build a Tower of Babel-like tower that would get them up to heaven to the goddesses where they could, you know, steal the Triforce. But the goddesses saw this and switched the tower around. And they went down to hell and found Majora instead. And like, I can't think of other fandoms with theories that go in those sorts of directions that like take these little elements that are even just in the architecture of what they see and build up like lore <laughs> around those little bits as Zelda fans we'll build a mountain out of a molehill for sure yeah yeah it's like Legend of Zelda fans are more apt to create their own legends than fans of other things it seems like a series that's more feasible to do that like one it's the legend of Zelda it's not like the factual <laughs> account of Zelda and Link <laughs> Zelda Link and Ganon do their taxes <laughs> Yeah, but also just because there's this timeline, because there's these different entries that all before the time the official timeline existed, it was mm -hmm. like how do all these things fit together? Ooh. And the answer was you could make them fit however you liked. Yeah, because they only have the same common elements. If you want to make your own head cannon, go ahead and <laughs> do it. There was a really good set of images going around. I forgot how long ago, but uh, it was talking about like a new Zelda game, like a hypothetical one, a fan created idea of one mm -hmm. with like set in a cyberpunk world yes. with like a female protagonist. And it's like, you can do that because like, what do you need to make a Zelda game? What do you need for it to be something in that timeline? You need those three characters, a Triforce. Actually, that's not even true. Yeah, that's not even true. They actually they don't mention the words Triforce once in Breath of the Wild oh. if you if you're paying attention, which is strange. Is there a Triforce? Spoilers, no. Well, for anyone out there hoping to get their wish granted in the Sacred Realm, not happening. 
You can get a motorcycle though, which is pretty awesome. I heard of it. <laughs> it's, it's pretty sweet. I'm not gonna lie. I was I was zipping around high roll on that thing doing wheelies, <laughs> riding around on horses. Pretty cool. Riding around on bears. <laughs> pretty cool. Riding around on deers. That's kind of cool. Riding around on motorcycle. <laughs> you never go back. Can the deer ride the motorcycle? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I haven't asked him. I, I don't think so. I, I mean, <laughs> I feel like that's the beginning of starting some sort of like traveling <laughs> show or something. Like yeah, that. that's that's the next Legend of Zelda game. What the bounds of the game are? <laughs> Link has gone crazy and befriended a volleyball named Wilson. I'm pretty sure somebody has already modded Breath of the Wild so that the the motorcycle is Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> Yeah, they did. We uh, we just did a video on that. Actually. What? All right. So apparently, I have to watch that. Yeah, it was apparently, some post show research to do. Oh, the mods in Breath of the Wild are just unreal. Like you, you could be fighting Shrek with SpongeBob's sword or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> no, get out of my swamp. <laughs> yeah, because the timeline thus far springs eternal. Like it's not. As we talked about before, it's not curative. No. It's not people trying to be like, okay, this is what it is, you guys, and let's all respect that this is the way the timeline is. It's just endless debate, and I get the impression that Nintendo released their book, and then everyone was like, okay, thanks for your input, <laughs> and continue to argue. Pretty much. Oh, pretty much. Like, <laughs> that's what it seemed like to me. Hey, person who created this. <laughs> is this how it goes? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, yeah. yeah. Thanks for chiming in. We'll, you know, we'll take it under advisement. And I was about to say, you know, where's the Mario timeline? But I, I googled Mario timeline, and then it's, uh, it's there. <laughs> well, I mean, apparently people have known that there is, uh, in Miyamoto's own words, um, for every Zelda game, we tell a new story, but we actually have an enormous document that explains how the game relates to the others and binds them together which was stated in an interview with the magazine Superplay or the website Superplay in 2003. So people have known about like some sort of official timeline for 14 years. It's a long time coming. Yeah. You know, I feel like I call shenanigans on that, <laughs> especially especially Breath of the Wild. They don't know where that thing goes in the timeline. Like... Dragon Break, it's gotta be. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. On Lost in Season 3, they said they knew what they were doing, and that was clearly a lie as well. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> you know, it's the illusion. Mm -hmm. And like, frankly, you're right. People didn't buy it. And we're like, all right, look, we just got to figure this out ourselves. Yep. And yep. each new game has to be like, you know, dissected and cut up and put in its proper place. I mean, well, I mean, like maybe stepping away a little bit from talking about, well, still talking about the fans. But with Breath of the Wild and the timeline and everything, I mean, spoilers for people who are trying to 100% Breath of the Wild and don't want to be, you know, spoiled as to what you get for getting all the Korok seeds, you get some golden poop. Nintendo is making fun of you for getting all 900 Korok seeds in the game. Can you make coffee out of it? No. Can't even do that. You just have this bag of poop that you got to carry around for the rest of your stay in Hyrule. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, maybe having all the, all these different elements from the various different uh, branches of the timeline in one game is just Nintendo trolling the fans. I mean, that's not uncommon. In Wind Waker, you could get that card, the loyalty card filled out, and it's like, oh, yeah. what's your reward? I appreciate you. <laughs> yep. I think you got, what was it, like 100 rupees or something for, for getting all the Skulltellas in Ocarina of Time? 
Mm-hmm. And like, don't tell me that your that your wallet wasn't already full when you went in there because you oh, were expecting oh, something awesome. So by the time you're polishing off the last few, yeah, you got get all that money. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised that in this entire episode we haven't talked about like the music of the Legend of Zelda that much, because it's interesting how despite you have this very iconic theme, every different game has its own like variations on that theme and motifs. Like Skyward Sword, which you were mentioning, Andy. Like Ballad of the Goddess? Ballad of the Goddess. Yeah. One of my favorite Zelda tracks. Is like very strongly reminiscent of the the main series theme, but it's a, its own distinct beast. Mm-hmm. And like the role that instruments play in so many of the games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been to check out Symphony of the Goddess, which is the, the touring orchestra. I've been... Um, four times now and it's really really cool they do like kind of a video game montage and they'll play like music from the wind waker and they'll have like the little montage going on in the back and uh it, it's cool because like you know when they're when they're playing the uh, the great ocean theme their link is sailing and then they switch to the fight with ganondorf and then they they've got highlights from that and it's just it's a really cool experience to to go to even if like you're not like a diehard uh, zelda guy it's it's quite the thing and it's a really cool setting too because like you can go in and you can see, since it's usually in, in a fairly classy place, you can see guys dressed up in suits. You can see guys dressed up as Link. You can see, and, and everything in between. It's a really cool time. So music is, is so subjective, though, that I, we just usually don't even go there on the site. <laughs> like, Fair enough. But I remember you saying that was one of the things that drew you in uh, an Ocarina of Time. Yeah, it was. Stand in front of the Forest Temple. Man, that theme is just like, to me, it's like the most iconic video game theme, like even more so than the main Zelda theme. Wow. wow. Was it like just music in particular or uh, like how the music matched yeah, I, the, like, I don't the know. atmosphere it was, of the dungeon? I think that was it. I think uh, I think it was just like when I got there, I heard the music. I was looking at this really cool temple. I was like I was 10 years old and I was like, wow, I'm playing something like really special right now. And I think that was... Uh, like it, it was just a combination of, of all those things, and I, I still like when I, when I get to the forest temple in Ocarina of Time, it's not, it's not as kind of potent still, but it's like, it's like this is sweet. I, I still love this. I remember I went with a friend Dugsy. He had just gotten a Switch and just gotten Breath of the Wild. Oh, wow. I was sitting there watching him play it, but like you had, you had the whole do 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 like the little sound effects that, that you know, <laughs> yeah. off when you open a, a door and he's like oh this is kicking my endorphins big time this is triggering <laughs> things in my brain that really we go and it's like those little tiny things yeah the uh, treasure chest zoom in the <laughs> all that stuff yeah i mean what can you say about zelda music like it, it's so good there isn't a game i would say that had really bad music to it um i, I love it even I know they're uh, not often talked about in Zelda fan circles, but even the two, at least two of the three CDI games had pretty good music too. No comment for that. I, I haven't. <laughs> no, only because I haven't had the joy of playing those yet. You know, I've I've seen I've seen videos of them. They're not like yeah. I mean, they're not the worst thing going on. The music. Yeah, I watched the Game Grumps play through both, and there were some areas, some screens that had like pretty good music. Mm-hmm. See that—that's another Zelda as it pertains to the real world thing. Cause that's very interesting because that could have been uh, could have been Sony making those instead. Yeah. Oh dang! Yeah. Yeah, that would have been bizarre. Mm-hmm. That that would have just changed everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm pretty sure Link and Zelda would look very fabulous though 
Yeah. <laughs> if, if Sony had taken over the franchise. You got Link next to Crash Bandicoot and PlayStation All-Stars or whatever the f- they called that. <laughs> <laughs> Is Link your go-to Smash guy? No, actually he's not. Uh, he's not even one of my main Smash guys. Um, I use Mark definitely the most and Lucas. Those are my boys. Oh, interesting. Uh, right there. And in Smash 4... I use uh, I use Greninja a lot in Smash Four. I uh, I kind of like him. And then I try to be good with Little Mac, but I'm just really terrible with Little Mac. So <laughs> I'm good at, until someone launches me, and I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me put this out there. Mm-hmm. Is Link an interesting character? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, kind of half of it is like Link is only as interesting as you make him, but I mean. And I guess it depends on what your definition of interesting is, too. I mean, like, you're not going to be blown away by his dialogue in the game, obviously. But just as, like, if you look at it from the perspective of, like, there's, you know, often, in Ocarina of Time, let's use an example. There's this young boy who's this outcast who, like, at the beginning of the game, all he wants to do is fit in. And he can't do that because, like, Destiny won't let him. And he can't be friends with Soraya because Destiny won't let him. Mm-hmm. It's his duty to save the kingdom or whatever when he, you know, it, so, I mean, like, it's kind of as, as interesting as you make it, where if you look at it from that kind of perspective, you can see, like, like some of the choices that Link makes rather selflessly would be interesting to see on other characters, too. But and Link is just so, like, he's like the embodiment of good, so it's like you, he doesn't, you, you don't even think about it, really, but... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think so. I I can kind of understand why people don't think that. And I think that a lot of people that were for being able to select Link's gender are are kind of more of the opinion of like like Link isn't really a character. He's just an avatar. Where to me, I, like I think Link is a character, and I find him interesting. So I was just like, nah, I'd rather not. You know, that's interesting because when I think of Link, he, uh, as time has gone on, Link fits in this weird spot between avatar and character because as the game series have progressed like at the beginning he was a character in the sense that there was unavoidable plot things happening but as the series has gone on they've given him more agency like as soon as you get into wind waker it's like suddenly you can see the various emotions and expressions on his face Mm -hmm. that kind of happened in majora's mask and ocarina of time but it wasn't the same and then as you progress like in I think Twilight Princess and definitely in Breath of the Wild, I've only seen like hilarious screen caps of like, <laughs> what happens when you talk to people with no shirt on? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you're actually giving him some personality that wasn't mm-hmm. there necessarily before. Yeah, for sure. But at the same time, he's like a stand in for you, the player. Yeah. Like I, but I mean, like really in what game are you playing that, you know, the guy that you're playing, it isn't a stand in for you. Like when I play Mass Effect, Commander Shepard is, does what I would do. Right. So mm-hmm no one would say that he's like doesn't have character or whatever so that's kind of like my my thoughts on link in that whole debate i i think that like it, it would be weird to take an established character like link and like suddenly change that about him like, it wouldn't be the end of my world but i don't know it, it would be weird i'd rather just play like a zelda game as zelda or like a new female protagonist if they wanted to go that way they did that in uh hyrule warriors right you could play as yeah. um oh shoot i didn't I loved playing that when I was playing it, but it was one of the things that if I didn't keep at it, it was very hard to stay in. Yeah. And he plays Linkle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or Zelda. Yeah. Or Tetra. Yeah, a lot of, I don't know, a lot of people didn't really, uh, didn't really agree with that. That's kind of like where I sat on that whole uh, can of worms. 
Yeah, I wasn't. I didn't really have any preconception. I was just curious. Because it's like it's turned from player side from like I don't know the first couple of NES games to like it's now one of those you know it's like like a faded meeting right mm-hmm. the three of them are always kind of interlocked which is a really really cool idea yeah and that that idea didn't ever have to evolve like for the first few I didn't feel the need or, or that that a timeline had to be established because they mm-hmm. were all. It's just like, oh, there's lots of links and lots of Zeldas. That's just how the world is. It's very, and it's like, it kind of fits with the move to like serialized TV as well. Less episodic, more serialized TV. That it's like everything can now contribute to a whole mm-hmm. as opposed to just being another one, you know? Yeah. Does it make sense to move on to the verdict? Yes. The verdict is kind of like parting words on the subject or a conclusion. I would say that it's a conclusion, like you conclude an essay, but I know that in present company that many of us would conclude an essay by adding more facts. So T, I would like to point out, you don't ever have to say that if you don't want, you don't ever have to say that it is like a conclusion. (laughs) I like to say it so that people understand what it might be. But it's just like, hey, this is what, kind of like the last stuff. Yeah, what it doesn't. Yeah, because it would it would be the worst if it's like, cool, let's just have another big discussion about something now. <laughs> it's also not exciting to call it the winding down, the the denouement. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's better. Yeah. We've, uh, we've gathered the three pendants, got the three spiritual stones. Now it's time to get into the dark world slash adult world. Door is opening. Yep. <laughs> Oh boy, I'm looking forward to paying bills and uh, taxes. Yeah. Welcome to the adult world. We have to go back. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll start. All right. I'm in. I like the various Zelda games. Uh, I Off to my left, I have Arts and Artifact. And down here, totally not for reference, I have uh, Hyrule Astoria. <laughs> Behind me, I have like all of the new editions of the various Zelda manga mm-hmm. Um I love it. I love that every game is a new opportunity to put a new twist on an old theme. Sometimes it's great. I like Twilight Princess, Wind Waker, uh, Link to the Past, Link Between Worlds. Link Between Worlds, interesting twist on like very familiar old theme. And, you know, some of them don't always work out, but they're always trying something slightly different. And that's what I like about it. It has lots of memorable music. I would say memorable characters, but there's, I mean, there's three <laughs> memorable character there are other memorable ones but like those ones stick out the most and uh i'm a huge fan and i would say that it would be very hard for me not to be a fan of zelda i should check out that symphony the next time it's it's in the area definitely yeah i think i missed out on it last time it just came to calgary on the 2nd of december so probably yeah you probably just missed it see you you were there when it was in toronto last right yeah yep i was one of the guys in suits feeling very overdressed <laughs> uh, i was in a suit last time i was there too don't worry okay go. montreal san jose dublin pittsburgh new orleans miami philadelphia none of those are canadian cities except for montreal no could they make that into a straight route maybe <laughs> are those consecutive dates <laughs> seems really uh, almost actually montreal to san jose in one day then three days or two days later in dublin ireland and then back to the states. Yeah, yeah it's a it's a little weird. <laughs> Man. Are the are the dates spaced out, or are they like? Uh, they're pretty close together. Oh man. Anyway, 
Uh, yeah, so I'm in. Anyway, they're, wor- they're working hard. They're mm-hmm. working hard. So yeah. go see them. Yeah. 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 Who would like to go next? I mean, I'll go. I have things to say, but I don't know whether I'm in or out. Oh. I don't actually know where it would, uh, where it would land. Because, like... The thing I was most fascinated with was the timeline, because that's never something I'd been sort of in contact with. I'd beat Link to the Past. I'd watched some people play some of Ocarina of Time. I've watched little bits and bobs. I've played a little bit of Wind Waker. But, like, I watched a video that kind of, like, dramatically retold the whole timeline, I believe, is according <laughs> to Hyrule Historia. And I was like, this is great. I love this. I'm, I'm a yeah. sucker for, for that kind of narrative, that sort of story and mythology and everything. I'm like, okay, now I can really you know, sink my teeth into the story, but I feel like if I played too many of the games in an effort to get it, I'd I'd, I'd lose a bit of it. Mm. Like, I like I like the Zelda games okay, but I think I almost like absorbing the story of them more than I like playing them. Mm. I'd be psyched to go see the symphony. I, I would love that. The, the music is fantastic. And the game that I most want to play is Link Between Worlds. Because it's got that, it's got that nostalgia factor for me. I've only played Link to the Past so much. Yeah, and uh, I will, I will probably crawl my way through Wind Waker and then see how I feel for there. But I'm, eh, I'm gonna say that I'm out. All right, all right. Yeah. I can go next. Uh... <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> well, you know, The Legend of Zelda. It's really rad. Those creatures from Ganon uh... are really bad. Octoroks, Tektites, uh... and Levers too. But with your help, our hero can pull through. Yeah, go Link. Get Zelda. <clears throat> <laughs> What filling up your heart so you can shoot your sword with power? <laughs> yeah, that too. That too. <laughs> no, but seriously, I am definitely in. I feel like I probably played Zelda, you know, on the NES as a little kid, but I had no idea what it was. And it wasn't until I played Ocarina at like one of those demo kiosks when uh, EB Games was still Electronics Boutique. But from that moment, just wandering around Kokiri Village, I was totally sucked into this crazy expansive world and everything and and i just can't really conceive of ever being out of it even if they changed the game up a little bit you know and like let you choose link's gender or made a game starring zelda where not necessarily where like the roles were just reversed and link was now the damsel in distress but something more interesting where like potentially you play zelda so instead of being more combat focused the game is more like strategically focused because she still holds the power of wisdom or maybe she has the triforce of courage and things are totally different because of that who knows um but like with g i really enjoy the lore i really enjoy the games and the exploration and i found this one explanation on reddit of you know what makes the zelda game special and it was that it's like like other rpgs do this as well i don't know what makes zelda specifically do this so well for me but it's this game where you get to play this character who, you know, is fairly blank slate. He does have some characteristics, but it's very easy for you to project yourself onto him. Who plays through the the classic hero's journey. So it's like every time you play a Zelda game, you're sort of playing through this hero's journey where you're like collecting these things and becoming slowly more powerful until you can finally take on that big bat at the end and like save the world and restore balance and all that stuff. So like, just there's no way, there's no way I'm out. I'm way too far in. The only way I could get further in is if I, you know, popped into the, the Zelda Informer or Zelda Dungeon forums every now and then. I, yeah, yes. You're always welcome to our forums. Come join us at Zelda Dungeon Discord. Ooh. 
Are you wearing a Zelda shirt and have yet to uh, display it on camera? I am. I'm not entirely sure how to display it on camera so I can get it all in. You know, cameras can move, right? <laughs> no, they're, they're fixed points. They're fixed points in space. Uh, this is like Doctor Who, right? Like, you, you can't change it. Yeah. It's, it's stuck that way forever. I also don't want to open up the main Skype window for fear of my CPU <laughs> melting. Yeah, don't do that. Um, Let me just yeah, Xavier, get as far back Xavier as Xavier Wood's favorite uh, Zelda t-shirt. Yep. I'd make a Zelda pun, but I don't want to try and force it. Is that what your shirt says? <laughs> yep. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. Do I, do I give a verdict? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. We were about to go there. We, we kind of have a Thank feeling you. where you're going, but like, you know, Spoilers, just to sum up. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm in. Uh, I'm in. I'll, I'll keep mine um, just kind of brief, but I mean, like, I, I, I love Zelda. I've loved it since I was a kid. The series is, is just, it's such a quality series in almost every single regard. And just kind of piggyback off what you were saying. It's like, to me personally, it, it's like, it's like almost like a coming of age story where like mm-hmm. you start and they, and they were relatively simplistic, like when you were younger, cause I'm a little, I'm about the same age as, as the Zelda series, a little bit younger, but like as they got more complex as I got older and it's just like, you want to emulate like, because of course, like. Like, who doesn't want to know within themselves that they have, like, the courage to do the right thing? It's like that timeless tale that will never go out of fashion for me. So, like, I'm in. Nice. Yeah. Well, speaking about courage, I'm going to shine the spotlight on something that's completely unrelated. Mm-hmm. No, that's not true. For the spotlight, we usually try to highlight a fanish cause or a fanish charity. If I'm lucky, I can find a fanish charity in this week. I managed to find one, which is well-timed because by the time the podcast is released, uh, it'll probably have been going on for two days. I am referring to the Zeldathon, mm-hmm. which you can find out more information at zeldathon.net. There's a group of folks, and they marathon all of the different Legend of Zelda <laughs> games. Uh, however long it takes, they do this twice a year to raise money for Direct Relief, which is an organization devoted to improving the health and lives of people affected by poverty and emergencies. So far, they have raised over $1.5 million. Holy crow. Wow. Since 2009. So if you're listening to this on Twitch, then stay tuned for that. It starts, I believe, December 27th. And if not, it's past December 27th. So watch (laughs) it, support it, do whatever, help it out. Check it out, zeldathon.net. If you love Zelda, I'm sure you'll get to see a lot of really fun Zelda gameplay. And if you don't, you can still support a good cause. Cool. That, of course, leads us towards the end of the show. Andy, is there anything you'd like to tell us about that you'd like anyone listening to know about? Yeah, we just relaunched the Zelda Dungeon site. Previously, uh, we had run two sites called uh, Zelda Dungeon and Zelda Informer. So Zelda Informer uh, and Zelda Dungeon, we just merged into one site. So that's now under Zelda Dungeon. So pretty much all the same stuff that you get at Informer, you can... We have lots of new features, lots of lots of goodies and whatever there, so you can check that out. Social media, we're still Zelda Informer, Zelda Dungeon. We got a new layout. We got a bunch of new uh, Hungry Raiders and stuff like that with lots of theories, lots of different ideas. So yeah, come check it out. We have like opinion pieces, usually by me, every Monday. We have uh, Fanfic Fridays. We have uh, lots of different, we have lots of different goodies over there that you can come and check out. So ZeldaDungeon.net if you want to head over. All right, cool that down for future reference i'm reading something on zelda dungeon that just... 
Someone in the U.S. House of Representatives edited the Legend of Zelda's Wikipedia page to change protagonist's name to Zelda. Yeah. <laughs> what? You know what? A couple months ago, actually, the House released a tax reform article, and they, they tried likening that to the Legend of Zelda. I don't know if you guys remember <laughs> that. It was like, did yeah. you know that the tax reform bill has been around since uh, since 1986, the same year Nintendo was created and put out Legend of Zelda? <sighs> fake news it was so embarrassingly bad that it was yeah. like <laughs> yeah we are hip and in touch with the youth of <laughs> within, today within an hour they pulled it down but not before i got to it and made a story about it <laughs> <laughs> amazing um, i'm like i like I'm, I'm nowhere near the story and i'm cringing so hard <laughs> oh man it was, it was they so probably bad. just heard about it too they probably just heard about <laughs> the legend of zelda that Zelda guy looks like he might be hip with young people. <laughs> but if you want to be hip with young people, uh, head on over to iTunes, find Phanthropological, and hit the subscribe button to get fresh new episodes every Friday, as well as uh, leave a rating and review of our show so more people can find it. This show is Phanthropological. We three are the Mix Cast. You can find us at uh, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the Mix Cast. Uh, you can also find us on patreon.com slash the next cast. Yeah, and if you haven't heard of patreon.com, it's a place where you can support all the different creators that you know and love, uh, like us. So if you go to patreon.com slash the next cast, you can donate even as little as a dollar a month. It really helps us to you know keep the show hosted, not have any ads, get other guests, do all the various videos that we do, convention coverage and whatnot. I was surprised to learn that we apparently did 100 videos this year. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot race against time uh, all that kind of stuff uh so if you're interested help us out patreon.com slash the next cast and if you're currently listening to this in podcast form through your speakers headphones earbuds you know car stereo uh uh uh, uh man dialogue stone i feel like that's not what it's called but i'm gonna go with that you got gossip, stone. gossip stones even sure <laughs> sure if you got spotify on your sheikah slate Yep. Oh, that's a nice one. I'm going to go with that. (laughs) However you are listening to this podcast, great. Please keep listening. But also consider checking out twitch.tv slash the Nixcast Monday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern time to see us recording these things live. Now, you're going to be going on a little bit of a break for uh, the next few weeks. It's the holidays. It's the holidays. It is that time of year, isn't it? Yes. (laughs) So you'll want to come back in the new year to check us out. When it's a fresh new year, 2018, make sure you go to twitch.tv slash the Nixcast Monday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern time to see the Nixcast recording their podcast. Phantropological. Thanks. You're welcome. Normally, we would do famous last words for next episode, but I actually don't remember what the next episode of next season is. So instead, I'm going to ask you a question, Andy. Yeah, shoot. If we could cover any fandom, what would you want to hear about? Metroid. 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 Did we? We haven't done that yet. No, we have not. Metroid is probably my second favorite uh, series behind Zelda. Oh, wow. I love Metroid. This season, we did episodes of things that we were fans of, mm-hmm. um, specifically, and I was going to put Metroid on the list, but then I was waffling a lot, so I didn't end up let picking me, it. Let so. me throw one other one out to you guys, too. Go for it. Reboot. 
Oh man. Ooh. See, that would yep. Yeah. What an amazing, amazing show that is. There we go. Yeah. Maybe we'll do it when reboot is rebooted, which is soon, I think. I think it is pretty soon, yeah. But it's like isn't it like a live action like Kinda... I thought it was supposed to do that whole like superhuman samurai cyber squad kind of like half live action half. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'll still watch it though. I love reboot. Reimagined CG was announced and premieres in 2018. Oh, yeah. Damn. I'm not sure. Do our friends south of the border know what we're talking about? Though? <laughs> it's in, it's entirely possible they do not. Yeah. Uh, reboot was aired on abc in the first several first two yeah, seasons that's right yeah. because they made a crack about the abc's taking control or something <laughs> yeah yeah after that i don't know but like there was some overlap hmm. definitely not as popular as it was here no yeah oh man is there anywhere you to even find it right now uh, yeah probably just dvd oh yeah dang well the new series is gonna be on netflix apparently so hopefully that hopefully that means the original is well oh sweet yeah Probably. Dang. It's also made by Mainframe. Rainmaker, which was Mainframe. You know what? We're not doing a reboot episode right this instant, <laughs> so I don't need to look that up. Just talk about Canadian TV for like... <laughs> <laughs> Andy, thank you very much for taking the time to chat with us today. Thank you for having me, guys. I know it's not always easy to sort out technical difficulties. <laughs> it wouldn't be a podcast without them, though, right? That's the term. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you, Nick. Nick and Nick for letting me on your show. It's a pleasure. Glad to have you. Cool. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. We will see you next season. Yes, yes next Bye. year. Bye. See you guys. Bye.